Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for The Motel Life. Can you tell me a story, Frank? Tell me something good. A long time ago, you and me were fighter pilots in the war. The Flanagan Brothers. We were famous. No matter what, I want you two to stay together. Frank? Frank? What happened? We gotta go. I was driving home. Kid comes out of nowhere on a bike in the middle of the road. And I hit him. He's dead, Frank. I can't go to jail, Frank. You're not gonna go to jail, okay? They don't know anything for sure. That looks bad. Why don't you ever come down on him, Frank? You got a girlfriend? Can we go somewhere else, Frank? Can we leave, leave? All I could give you is 400, and I don't recommend you take it. I'll take the 400. Two cops were at my place. You said she saw someone moving something out of the car right where the body was found. What color's your car? Suddenly, the police broke in and screamed, drug raid. No, my dog. We left Reno and set sail for Hawaii. But on the way, we got shanghaied by a bunch of crazed pirates. The sea was rough. We washed ashore on this island. So you guys on vacation? No, it's uh, nothing like that. Well, don't do anything stupid. I ain't never done anything. We're just getting started. At least you've been in love, Frank. I know that I hurt you. What you gotta do is think about the life you want. Think about it in your head. Make it a place you wanna be. A place to escape to. It's a hell of a story, Frank. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator from IndieWire's The Playlist, Rodrigo Perez, and tonight's guests, Emil Hirsch, Stephen Dorf, Alan Polsky, and Gabriel Polsky. Hello. 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 Hi. All right. Um, Let's um, start off with, uh, this is based off of uh, a book. Can you, um, did you read it first? Did you read the script? How did you guys come to do this project? Yeah, um, this was a book that was brought to us by Noah Harpster, one of the uh, writers of the screenplay. And it was about to come out of option. And uh, he alerted us to the book and Gabe and I read it and obviously fell in love with it and fell in love with the voice. and. Uh, it came out of option, and we kind of went after it, and here we are. Um, what is it about the the novel that that drew you to it? Like the some of the themes, some of the ideas, and maybe some of the actors as well. If you can talk about that. Yeah, um, you know, I think that the the novel had a lot of aspects to it that I think lended itself really well to, 
you know, ma making a movie out of it, um, particularly kind of it being our first movie. I think that there is this central love story of brothers that, you know, really kind of uh, use this uh, connection through their art to kind of get through the difficult periods of their life. And that's obviously something that Gabe and I share, sort of, you know, uh, working together, creating art. Um, we would love that theme. And, uh, you know, we saw it as not like your typical sort of independent drama. You know, we saw a lot of opportunities sort of utilizing these stories and the animation to really open up the world and provide a lot of depth to sort of who these characters are and what their influences are, as well as, you know, bring levity to the movie and, um, you know, give the audience a chance to breathe a little bit when they're in the middle of this kind of emotional drama. So it's kind of why we chose it. Um, Emil and, and Stephen, um, can you guys talk a, a little bit about what uh, what drew you to the, the either the novel or the script or the material? Um, when I first read the script, I just thought it was a just a really gritty, uh, emotional, you know, like like Alan said, uh, story about these brothers. It was really dark and felt uncompromising, but also had a this interesting element of this animation that's interspersed throughout the script, which I felt kind of separated it from kind of a your typical kind of dark indie, you know, there was something a little bit more playful and a little bit kind of falling down the rabbit hole about it, and a, a little surreal element. Uh, and I thought it was just a really moving, um, sad script. And I shortly after I read the script, I, I got a, I got a copy of the novel and uh, read that and looked at some of the reviews on that. And it had been a really well received novel. And Willie Vlaton wrote it. it was really uh, well done, really straightforward. Um, you know, simple kind of storytelling that he really nailed, and uh, I just thought it would be great. And I got a chance to meet Alan and Gabe, and uh, you know, they seemed to have a really clear uh, vision of the way that they wanted to go about making the movie. And uh, I think that there was something about this this idea of uh, um, living in motels in this kind of uh, derelict kind of world. There was something just different about that you know i think that the setting really mattered and in the the snow and the winter and the entire feel is these brothers are kind of just being plunged under the surface and they're just trying to fight to survive and stick up for each other and have each other's backs um and i thought that there was something just had a unique t feel to it flavor to it Steven? yeah i mean similar to emil i i read the um the script, and I, I was blown away by the material. I loved the character, Jerry Lee. I knew this guy here was in it. Um, and I just, I kept thinking about Jerry Lee, I, you know, because it went on for about a month before um, we actually got to get in a room and, and figure it out. But the, um, the character was incredible, I thought. So different for me to play a guy like that. So, uh, and I wanted to play Brothers with Emil. So, um, um, yeah, I just felt that it was a very original piece of writing, soulful, had a Western fable kind of feel in this forgotten city kind of, of Reno. And uh, I love the way the movie shot, the music, um, the animation, all the different uh, elements that I don't think you see in that many movies today. So, yeah. I think, I think you summed up the movie really nicely. <laughs> Thank um, you. I, um, should, I should do this for a living. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how was it like playing brothers? Did you guys have to do anything to prepare to do that? Anything specific? Blackjack. A lot of blackjack. A lot of Reno. A lot Reno. of drinking. Drinking and blackjack playing and 
We stayed in a Harrah's. A lot of consoling, actually, after post blackjack. Yeah, it's okay. You lost yeah. your per diem. We're gonna get more next <laughs> like, week. It's gonna be all right, kid. I was just like drinking a beer, just bummed. Uh, yeah. We my, also stayed in a Harrah's every time we came downstairs in the morning to go to work. It was like ding, 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 yeah, ding, ding. Yeah, trying ding, to trying to get to intense. the elevator without being, you know, ending up on a slot machine or something. Right. Um, the uh, I mean, as, as you guys are brothers, it's very authentic. It's very um, it, it it it's you believe that you guys are brothers. Had you guys met each other, or did you know each People other? People have been coming up to me lately and telling me they loved me and Cecil B. Demented recently. <laughs> really, seriously? And I was like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. One of Steven's movies. Really? Yeah, yeah. So did you guys know each other? A little yeah, no, bit we met. Like we met like ten years before at a premiere, and uh, I was a fan of Emil's and I. There was things about Emil. <clears throat> sorry, there was things about Emil in his earlier work um, before um, that I just really recognized and thought, "Wow, this guy's really real, and he's really honest, and he's a great actor." And, and, I, th and I went up to him one night and said, "We should play brothers," you know, at this premiere. And um, he probably thought I was a little weird, but <laughs> ultimately we ended up playing brothers. So I think I had a good instinct. You said this years before. Yeah, I said it years before, and then, funny enough, there was another movie that kind of came through the desks, or came through the system, but never quite happened, where we were going to play brothers that hated each other, right? Or yeah. kill each other yeah, in the yeah, mountains. Yeah. It was an emotional this one, drama, I think, is a better plus fit. thriller yeah. elements, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting that you guys say that, because, you know, so many films about brothers, there's always a rivalry, there's always an antagonism between them, and as I think Alan said, um, you know, this is kind of a love story. There's these, these guys are so connected in a way that you don't see on screen very much. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, and, Can you guys and talk that's about after that? cutting out all the makeout scenes. <laughs> <laughs> is is that part of the uh, appeal to to this movie? Some of that for you guys? Yeah, I mean, there's an undeniable loyalty there. They would do anything for each other. You know, these two brothers. Um, I think. I just mean a, that the, you know, the like originality, that idea that you know, um, usually it's it's conflict. This is the opposite. Yeah, I love that. I love that, you know, there's there's a lot of... Um, at the end of the day, Frank is, is an incredible brother to Jerry Lee. You know, Jerry Lee's been quite a burden on Frank, to be honest, and in a lot of ways, having the luck that he's had. Um, and there is this incredible, beautiful relationship, you know, where he can even take a shower with me and help me bathe myself, which is not really what you want to do with your sibling. It's a bit... It's a bit um, vulnerable and very raw, but that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, it's and, yeah, and it's and it's a relationship that you know there's there's never like the the scene where they're yelling at each other. You know, there's never like a cross word right. really between Frank and Jerry Lee. You know, right. they're they're it's just clear that they are on the same team and their struggles are from the outside. Mm -hmm. um, and you guys work with uh, Dakota Fanning and Chris Christopherson in this movie as well. Um, what was it like working with those guys? Or any other actors in the film? Well, Chris, you? Chris is just uh, you know a bit of a legend himself, and he's just one of these guys that I mean, the guy can literally like you could put a cue card in front of the guy and he'd be brilliant. You know what I mean? He just he is amazing uh, at whatever he does. He's just there's there's just this um, you know oldness and kind of toughness to him that he just is luminescent. He seems like a guy who doesn't need to read the lines because he probably just knows them. <laughs> yes, ironically, yeah, ish, yes. and and um, he's just uh, he's just you know I mean he's going back. It's in the day. He just he's the man, and and Dakota, um, 
you know, she she was someone who just has a immense talent, and you know, Stephen worked with her sister L on somewhere. That's so right. Yeah, it was sort of like all in the Fanning family. Uh, sounds like a sitcom or something. Um, but uh, it was it was a she was great, and I think she was in. You know, she was she was like seventeen at the time, so she's kind of in that transition age and growing up. And I feel like she was able to really capture some different interesting qualities with her character. Um, yeah, it's a very adult performance from her. Like it's the first time I've seen her on film where she really looks like a woman, you know, a grown up, you know. Maybe we should uh, show a clip from the film. Well, I need a car, Earl. Today? It's goddamn Iceland out there. Seems like a strange day to be buying a car. Well, hell, kid, what kind of car you want to buy? I got 1500 to spend. I don't want to set up a payment plan or anything. I was hoping to just pay cash on it. You have anything in that ballpark? Well, I got a couple that might do you. A 1985 Honda Civic. Maybe something bigger, Earl. Maybe something you might be able to sleep in. Jesus, that's a horrible fucking thought. I got a Dodge Dart to Barry picked up. Like the kind on the walls? Yeah, not that nice, but yeah, the same car. And I'll take the Dart. I'll knock off a couple hundred if you can go out there and get it started yourself. And I go out and I start the car. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's cool that you got to, to act alongside him. He's, he, like you said, a legend. Um, watching that clip makes me think, and this is, I guess, a question for all you guys. I'm not sure if it was a conscious thing. Um, there's obviously a, uh, a class, underclass um, theme throughout the film. These guys are, you know, they're not very, they're, they're not of wealth at all. They've come through some hard times. Um, and there's a, uh, like a, a soulful kind of empathy that runs like an earn undercurrent of the film, but it's never like you're never necessarily asking the audience to sympathize with them. You're not, it, it, you just do. I, I'm wondering how that came through and was that conscious and I, it must have been conscious with the writing, but is that something, how's that, is that something that you can translate through in performance? Well, I think that it was just so clear on the page with Willie Vlaton's novel and, and you know, Noah uh, and, and Micah, Micah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Micah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that they adapted it really well and it just, when, you know, when we read it, it you know, it's one of those things where it's like the tears were sort of on the page, you know, so it was just trying to, trying to execute that and find that and stay authentic to to his voice, and that, and that was, I think, that's something that Willie Vlaughton's writing, it's just, he's just a very, it's just simple, straightforward, but really moving, and he just gets, you just kind of feel like you get a crawl inside these characters, and live and breathe inside these characters' skins, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel phony, and it doesn't feel like, you know, you're, you're watching something where it's just a bunch of plot devices, or, or this or that, and I think the way Alan and Gabe uh, worked with us, and I think that that was just kind of a gentle approach. 
Um, and, and, and in that thought, so how do, how do you guys, I mean, if you have material like that, do you just get out of its way? Like what, what you know, there is something that, but it, how, how do you guys approach it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we had a good roadmap with the book and, and the script. And, uh, you know, Gabe and I had a, you know, strong idea of what we wanted to do sort of with the characters um, and sort of what it was in the story. But there was a whole sort of next level, I think, of development to the characters that happened once kind of Emil and Steven got on board and really kind of started working through it and working through each scene and you know, thinking about sort of what's the most we can kind of pull out of all these scenes and the most we can kind of pull out of the characters. So, you know, I think um, in a way you stay out of the way and in a way, you know, we try to encourage, you know, things that we thought were happening that worked or put the kibosh on things that weren't working. And, um, you know, I think that's just a collaborative process that you have with your actors and, you know, you've kind of got this template to start with, but I think the best things happen, you know, when you leave room for mistakes. And they're not even really mistakes, it's just things that you weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. um, can you guys talk about the animation a little bit? Because uh, it's, well, one, it's, it's beautiful. It's, like you said, it sort of a, has a, uh, a levity to it. Um, but there's also, there's that, that sort of thematic depth and texture to it that sort of connects the brothers through these stories for, that have obviously been going on for a long, long time? Yeah, so, uh, you know, one thing that's different in the book is obviously in the book you have these great stories that Frank tells Jerry Lee, but how do you make them cinematic and how do you, you know, make them emotional? We had to figure out how to execute that and we wanted to do it in a dynamic way that was you know, fit with this story that didn't take you out, that was, you know, creative and, and you know, led you into these characters' story even more rather than kind of take you out of it. So we had to figure out how we are going to do it, and we interviewed a lot of different artists. We, um, all, a lot of people had some really interesting ideas, but we ended up going with a guy named Mike Smith, who's a brilliant artist, uh, out of Portland, and he did Natural Born Killers and a number of other things, but he's a, he's a brilliant artist. He showed us some really interesting ideas and sketches, and we ultimately ended up going with him and developing this style that that you see on on screen, but it was key for, for the style to, to really come from the character of Jerry Lee, to, to make the audience believe that he drew these things that sort of came to life as Frank was telling the story. And so we had to really make sure that it felt seamless and it was cool and the color palette fit the movie and um, you know and that it it really kind of provided an escape and was entertaining to the audience because it does these pieces kind of were, were intended to to kind of give you a break from kind of their their circumstances in the movie I gotta say it's a it's a pretty brilliant choice I didn't know that in the novel that um, it's not there because it, it works wonderfully um, you guys started out as producers. You are producers. And this is your first uh, directing gig. Uh, how did you make that transition? What was it like? Um, and what was it for you guys? What was it like working with directors who you know were producers? And did you guys, you guys produce the movie as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, Gabe and I had um, <clears throat> always kind of, you know, we were always sort of looking for uh, the right project to direct ever since we kind of got in the business and when we got our hands on this book it just Was the right material for a number of reasons that I 
you know, got to before, it just kind of felt perfect for us. Um, you know, I think that the transition was, um, you know, it's just a different set of, of, of decisions that you make as a director, you know? As a director, you know, it's, uh, you're creatively telling the story and, uh, you know, you get to kind of make those decisions, which um, was a lot of fun for us and, you know, was obviously very, uh, you know, challenging at times. I think uh, anyone who kind of makes a movie, it's a challenging process. I think your first movie is a little bit more challenging. But, you know, uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And luckily enough, we were supported by such a strong cast. It is a different profession. I mean, it really is. When you say different hats, it's a completely different profession. So, yes, we got a chance to kind of learn from, from some really interesting filmmakers and, you know, people in the business. But when, when you actually get there the first day on set and, you know, the actors are there and, you, you know, kind of... Everyone's looking at yeah. you. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, every, every filmmaker, even if you've done a lot of movies, I, I've read that, you know, they, they get nervous the first day, but especially when, when you've never directed before. It, it was pretty funny. Gabe was really excited on the first day, and he's like, action. And the camera guy looks at him, he's like, I haven't turned the camera on yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, working with Alan and Gabe as first-time directors, they, they're very thoughtful, and they, they actually, I was really impressed at the way that they work because they... They had good creative ideas, and they were very measured too. And they didn't—they didn't get carried away with the idea that they were working and directing for the first time. Where some guys they bite off more than they can chew, and they're just like doing an extreme close-up of a you know a little inchworm or something like that on a leaf for two hours or something, and half the day is gone. You know, they were very smart and concise and practical with the way that that they directed it, and 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 the way all the way through post-production. You know, always very methodical in what they wanted and and. You know, I have a lot of respect for him as far as first-time director goes, for sure. Um, me too. You guys, you guys worked with Werner Herzog, right? Did you? What did you learn from him? Maybe he's the opposite, right? <laughs> from what Emil is describing. He he. Um, I'm curious what the most important thing Gabe's yeah. learned from Werner Herzog is. I just think that as a filmmaker, you you should never sort of do the same thing that other people do and you know Herzog really uh, in each movie you know does something unique and I think that's really important not to kind of regurgitate what, what people have already done you know really try and find something unique in a story or you know visually a unique approach and, and try and make something new every time not retell the same stories and I think Herzog is always trying to kind of push those boundaries and that's important in filmmaking and acting and everything so um, I had never I had never worked with two brothers so it was a uh, two directors even I mean Neil had had he had worked with the Wachowskis before he had a little experience with it but I found it kind of refreshing but also once in a while it's a little confusing because you get two different things but they were all really good so I remember one time I was like Alan let me do your your take this time and then let me do Gabe's take next time and if we have it then we can move on or we could keep going and you know so it was interesting for me to get they complemented each other really well and I also love that we shot the movie on film which right. is pretty prehistoric these days so I, I just felt like all their choices were really right on you know music animator film mm -hmm. score mm -hmm. cast uh, I think 
Roman, our DP, was a Russian DP, would, um, went on to shoot End of Watch and a bunch of uh, other films, and he's, he's a real player now, and I think he's just a really talented, amazing DP. Wasn't it his first English-language movie? It was his first English-language movie. He did this incredible short that you guys showed me called The Gift in Russia, which was an insane looking. I mean, it was... Um, but yeah, no, it was... Um, I liked working with brothers. I'm only going to work with brothers from now on. That's it. So you guys didn't get to choose, like, I'm gonna, I'll be directed by this brother, and you'll be directed Maybe by sisters. that brother. sisters. I could try... Has there know. ever been a brother-sister directing duo? I don't think so. Have there ever, there's never been sisters either, have you could, you could, You could get Roman and Sophia to do it. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. You um, could take, talk them into it. There's never been two sister directors, right? Yeah. What about three directors? Three brothers? Yeah. Triplets? Triplet there, directing? There, there has been three directors. I think Cloud Atlas had three directors. That's right. Although they, they did different sequences. Um, Steven, since we got you talking there for a long time, which is great. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just was, you know, wanted to say hi to everybody. Of course. Um, t- you lost weight for this role, right? Yeah. Can you talk about some of the, the physical preparation that you did? Yeah, I mean, physically, you know... Jerry Lee wasn't a character that I think, you know, um, physically we wanted to change him, you know, make him look different, you know. And um, at the same time, um, the hardest part for me with Jerry Lee was finding who he was, you know, the inside part of him, because he's a complicated character. He's like a little boy. Some scenes, you know, in some scenes he's a little boy, but then he'll come out with incredible wisdom. Um, he's talented, you know, as these both both these guys are. So I always kind of um, um, that was the hard part was really trying to f- make him not uh, seem silly or too melodramatic. It was make him real, and so that you care about a guy that is broken inside and has had a lot of bad luck and has one leg and you know hasn't had the greatest. Uh, you know, plans laid out for him, yet he's rich in a lot of other ways. He's very smart, he's caring, he's uh, sensitive, um, he loves his brother more than anything, and, you know, so the, 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 I found him a very admirable character to, to try to find, and with the help of a great actor working with me and two great filmmakers, I, I was able to get there, I guess. Um, we should take some questions from the audience. Hi. Uh, my question is, when, when you first let, uh, read the script, you read it as yourself, as Emila, and Stefan. Then when you read the book, you read it as yourselves, or as Frank or Jamie? I think I, I read it as, uh, as Frank, I think. Uh, as Frank having read the script. You know, so it's like Emil reads it as Frank, and then I I find Frank, and then Frank reads the book about himself, right? Yeah, I, um, yeah. I mean, I I read it as me, Stephen, and then I then I become Jerry Lee. You know, when I when I I was I was excited to play the part, so I wanted to get the part, and then um, then try to tackle it. You know. But I wasn't, I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't really know how to approach Jerry Lee. I just knew I wanted to play him. And then it was about, okay, now how do we do it, you know? It's like, a, it's like with a huge burger. I know I'm going to eat it. I don't know how I'm going to take that first bite. But it's going to happen. 
Uh, good evening. I, my question is for Alan and Gabe. I'm just, I'm just wondering, uh, how much were you involved in the casting of this movie? And did you have uh, Emil and Steven in mind? Um, they're great actors. Or did you approach other actors first? And then also, as first-time directors in this particular movie, what were some of the challenges you encountered that maybe you hadn't expected? Um, yeah, you know, uh, we cast um, Emil first, and Emil was someone that, you know, we went after really hard right away because he'd sort of shown his past work and ability to, like, um, you know, really show a lot of his fi on his face without necessarily saying that much, uh, particularly like in *In the Wild* before, before a few years before, you know, he he didn't have much dialogue in that film, and he was mostly by himself. And Frank is a lot like that too. You know, he's he he doesn't really open up unless it's kind of in those animated sequences, and he's pretty to himself. But the movie is sort of through his eyes, so he needed a, a strong character that could really do that. And Emil was you know, our first choice. And, uh, you know, once we cast him, we, um, you know, really wanted to find the, the, the right sort of compliment for Jerry Lee. And, you know, we brought in um, a number of actors to sort of sit down with Emil and read with him. And, you know, as soon as Steven came in, um, you know, he really blew us away. He brought a real sensitivity to the role without sort of having us to, you know, co kind of coach him on the character beforehand. He kind of really understood sort of that sensitivity that Jerry Lee had, and he had a strong sort of connection, energetic connection to Emil right away. You know, we sort of saw them comfortable together. They looked good together. They kind of felt like brothers, and it became really obvious to us pretty quickly. Yes, the most challenging thing, I think, is making sure that the tone of the movie and, and the progression of the story stayed uh, you know, consistent. It's really hard to tell a simple story. And uh, we wanted to make sure that... W it, it's, and it's easy to sort of get off track and, and lose the tone, lose the, the consistency. I think you see it in movies everywhere, you know, where you just kind of get lost somewhere in the movie. We wanted to make sure that every scene that you stayed engaged and in, into these characters and in the story, whether it's pacing and acting, everything, it's just that's the hardest thing, in my opinion, but it was with the animation as well. But hi. So I know we've already kind of talked about the brother relationship, but I was wondering if you guys, as directors, when you were found yourself aligning with one brother more than the other, or saw something in their relationship, then portrayed by the actors, um, and found it hard to not put your own relationship upon it. Well, a Alan and I have a very, uh, you know, well, we're, we're very different people. So I, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I think as we kind of uh, went through the, the process of telling this story, we often asked, I know that we both, whether we like it or not, asked ourselves the, the question, what would we do in this situation? How would we act? And Because that's what you have to do when you're directing, it's, it's sort of, think about what you would do and, and, and discuss it with the actor and all that. So Alan and I were able to, to really uh, uh, psychoanalyze each other. And so wait, who's Frank and Jerry Lee, though? Yeah, yeah. We get asked that a lot. I don't know. Well, you you're guys the younger one, that. though. Yeah, I'm the younger so one. So you're Frank. So you're Jerry Lee. Oh, so it's that easy, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you're I mean, you, you know, we had, a, we had a piece of source material that sort of had this 
this relationship there. But I mean, I think, you know, as a director, you want to bring everything you have to all the characters. So um, I would, I'd say first half of the day, I was Jerry Lee. Second half, I was Frank, usually. Hi, how are you? I was wondering that there was any hardship on a set, particularly shooting those very cold weather. I assume that there are some of them actually oh, shooting yeah. hardship. The snow and just hardships on the set. And the guys getting arrested. Yeah, we had a big drug problem in the crew. Uh, everyone was doing crystal meth, and we couldn't stop everyone. And on the no, set, no, but though, yeah, driving. Not, not in the crew, but like on, in the motels yeah. we were shooting. Yeah, in. screaming and just people you know, were a lot getting of hauled derelict out stuff. and handcuffs and everything. Well, people just sort of they fell into this sort of the pull of Reno, and they couldn't sort of stop. And we had the biggest problem, actually, with our uh, costume designer. They kind of went on this bender for like a week. No, I'm just kidding. What was the question again? I even forgot about it. Hardships, hardships. Yeah, we oh. shot it in 24 days, which is not very much time. So we were, everybody was under a lot of pressure. And, you know, you got mistakes every day, tons of them. But you got to keep going and, you know deal with your gambling with problems weather. and, and uh, you know issues and like also that. the the dog that we that we worked with was actually a challenge getting that dog because originally the dog that was cast was this really peppy perky boxer that was just running amok everywhere and I had mean, a way too fancy of a grooming job yeah I mean it was just a really disobedient dog that really just did never ever wanted to work and uh, looked just like a dog from Beverly Hills. It was when just I first a bad it. work ethic, uh, and so we found this 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 other dog, this older dog, and this this dog was really. I mean, dog must have been ten years old or twelve years old, and all the dog wanted was treats, and to steal every scene he's in. Yeah, that was it's intense. A dog that dog. World. Hello. Uh, Mel and Steven said that uh, this is their first experience of having two directors, right? So my question is, uh, was there any, any, anything like conflicts or any misunderstanding uh, between the brothers? Like uh, Alan says these things and, and um, uh, Gab says some other things and then they conflict and uh, anything like that? They both had a lot of great things to say because, you know, they had, and they worked out a great um, chemistry as far as, you know, if Gabe was, you know, checking the, the frame or, and Alan was maybe talking to us a little more in one scene, but then Gabe would come in with something totally different um, that he would feel. And, you know, I found it, I found it refreshing and interesting, you know, once in a while, a little confusing, like I said before, and you go back and do, do a take for each of them because the notes were really good, you know. Yeah, I mean, in, you know, in, in any good collaboration, there's always going to be disagreements, and that, a lot of the time, that's how you get some of the best ideas and the best, uh, you know, the best shots in. Uh, and you know, I don't even think it's disagreements as much as, uh, you know, this isn't like a live performance. You know, um, you know, you you have the luxury of doing it a few different ways, so. I think with Gabe and I, we were just really looking to get the most interesting thing out of the scene. And 
you know, we're two different people on different ideas, and sometimes something one person says sparks with an actor, and sometimes, you know, someone else can kind of get through a different way. So, you know, it's, it's a big, making a movie is very collaborative, you know. Um, I think that, you know, having two directors poses certain issues, but certain benefits. But I think that the thing that you have to get pretty used to really quickly if you're directing a movie is working with other people and having an ability to compromise and listen to people and, you know. But what's interesting is that there's not two single people that have a, the same story in their head. You know, I, there's no way. So everybody has a different perception of what this story is. And sort of the key with Alan and I was to really meet on, at the same page and do our preparation and be very pre prepared. So we work out all these, you know, thoughts and ideas uh, beforehand or else we're in trouble because there was no time to... to, uh, to dilly-dally. Yeah, to dilly-dally. But who's like more dominating, Alan or Gabe? <laughs> Who would win in a boxing match? Well, Alan, Alan's a little more. I mean, he's well, a Gabe, little bigger, but I'll be strategically kind of. Alan is more the like kind of the talker, but Gabe is you know since we've been doing all these Q and As is really perked up a lot. Um, yeah, plus Gabe used to be a big hockey player, so he's good with hockey stuff. Yeah, Gabe's stuff. like the quiet, tough one, I think, but he's kind of the the genius, kind of very quiet, and Alan's more Angsty. like. Alan's more, you know, a little more Hollywood, a little more. Uh, you know, a little more well, Hollywood. That's like the worst thing I could. No, be. but in a good, you know, just a little more. You know, a little. I don't know. Yeah. What's the, <laughs> They're different. They're both great guys. That's that's the truth, and um, uh, they made a great movie. I think. I hope you all enjoy it too. I hope you go see it. November eighth, we come out in the village. Let's do this. Hi, uh, I'm actually a film student at uh, NYU right now, and um, I'm currently in a class on directing performance. Um, so I guess I was just wondering, um, for Alan and Gabe, like, if you guys had any formal training and um, like how much your training helped or like didn't help, or if you tended to like deviate from like specific rules that you learned or that kind of thing in directing. We 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 took an improv class together before we came out to Hollywood, which is a funny thing but yeah no you know I we mean did, I don't know what formal training really is in directing um, you know I think we both took some acting classes and read a lot of books and you know worked on some different things and I think you know I think just in directing the big thing is knowing your script knowing your material really well and you know being really prepared and uh, listen well and get out of the way when, you know, you got to know when to get out of the way, too, so. Hire, hire good actors. That's number one goal for all you film students. If you can hire good actors, 90% of your job is done. Yeah, drop out if you can get some good yeah. actors. <laughs> all right, we got to wrap it up. Uh, the Motel Life comes out this Friday, November 8th. Uh, it's on VOD at the same time, and iTunes, and New York, L.A., a lot of major cities. Um, it's 20 a really markets. 20, 20 markets. Yeah. It's a very soulful, uh, terrific little film. You should check it out. Thank you. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you.